It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Harson survived the weekend. What does that mean? Moving forward, we tell you on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. I want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. It's Monday. That means we are joined by Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com and Locked On MLB Prospects. The biggest story, despite it being a, a heck of a fight out of the guys at Jordan-Hare Stadium, Lindsey, but the biggest story as we kind of enter into Monday here is despite another loss, despite blowing another lead, Ryan Harson is still the head coach at Auburn. Yeah, Auburn historically has not been a school that loved to do midseason firings. Obviously, now with early signing day being where it is, that has changed. And so early you know, firings midseason are more and more common. Nebraska did it. Georgia Tech did it. Colorado and Wisconsin did it mm-hmm. uh, just on Sunday. And so I fully expect the move to be made in season at this point. I'm assuming that they're going to let him wear it at Georgia because you have to go to Athens after this. And then I would assume the bye week would be the most logical place to do it. Get your interim in place, give them some time with the new play caller, whoever else it may be to kind of rally the troops, figure out what you're going to do for the rest of the season to try to salvage it and move forward. So Brian Harson's still here, probably going to be here for two more weeks. Um, if, if I was a betting person and putting money on it. Yeah. So Just so we're all on the same page here, obviously this Saturday, Auburn goes to Athens. That's going to be tough, but Georgia did drop from one to two uh, due to their showing against Missouri. Then Auburn goes to a top 10 Ole Miss team in Oxford, and then there's that bye week, and you get Arkansas at home. I think Arkansas is beatable. Um, I think if you have two more scoring drives in you, you know, compared to like if you do what you did this past weekend, I think you could beat Arkansas. And then you go to Starkville, and then you got Texas A&M and Western Kentucky at home. Um, I'm curious to see if they do that, Lindsay, if they move on from him during the bye week. Who does call plays? Who is the interim? A lot of folks want it to be Zach Etheridge. I don't know if that fully makes sense. I don't think Cadillac makes sense. I know a lot of people are saying Caddy or Zach just because they're the Auburn people. I think Rock Bell and Tony makes the most sense just because of the experience. But still, it's like somebody's got to call plays. Do you keep Keysaw on staff? What all does that mean? So, to me, if there's not an obvious interim, and there's a lot of people that disagree with me on this, but I believe you should save the extra few hundred thousand dollars and just keep them through the Iron Bowl. Everybody knows you're looking. You can go ahead and reach out to other candidates, everything that's within the rules, and let people know that you're looking. But just don't fire them. Save all the money that you need from the buyout standpoint. And that way you can throw it at a new coach. And I know 
I know buyout money isn't real money in college athletics. You know, if rich folks want you out, they're going to get you out. And it certainly seems like that's <laughs> that's the case here. But still, you might as well save it. Don't beat up somebody else's career just because they came into the season as an assistant. Just let them, just let them wear it. Just let them wear it. It almost seems a little personal at this point, too. It kind of makes me think that they want this to happen to some extent to kind of blemish his career. I don't know if that's entirely true. I don't know if that's entirely fair. I kind of get that feeling, though, Lindsay. But but your thoughts on all of that? Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a valid question. When you look at the coordinators right now, you look at who calls plays as far as Harson and Kiesel together, things like that. A lot of it is uh, guys that Harson's brought with him from Boise. And yeah. Zach Etheridge is your assistant head coach. So, I mean, he does have that title. But, but like they did said, that solely for pay raise purposes, solely for pay raise yeah. purposes and more umph on the recruiting trail. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily make sense having never had a head coaching experience for that to be his first chance. Uh, it's, it's a tough spot. Uh, you have to wonder, is there somebody on staff that wants to call plays that hasn't had a chance to, mm-hmm. I mean, is that something that Ike Hilliard's been looking to do? You know, what, are, what are the thoughts there? Yeah. But you, you have to have someone do it. You can't let the players do it because you have a freshman quarterback. Uh, I mean, Robbie Ashford has started true. now, what, two games in his career? And mm-hmm. so as good as he looked, he also looked bad at times. Um, but you, ha- you have to have strong presence from the coaching staff. And I'm, I'm not sure who it's going to be. I mean, like you said, there's, there's, Bellatoni has a case. Then again, who calls plays? It's very, it's very complicated. And, mm-hmm. There's no good answers here. That's the problem. Nothing here is appealing. Nothing here is good. There's no slam dunk replacement for anybody in this process. And in the meantime, you just have to try to salvage what you can from the season with a lame duck coach and recruiting that ostensibly is not getting done, knowing yeah. that only signing day is coming a couple of weeks after the Iron Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's not a good situation. And it's not going to be a good situation whenever you have to fire a coach. But you got to think that this process is already moving in the sense of you're putting out feelers to see who you could possibly go and get because it's going to need to be quick. Now, we said this last time when Auburn let go of Gus, and it's like, all right, they got to act quick. They got to get a guy by early signing day, and that didn't happen. And so you saw a lot of these guys that are on this team right now sign without Auburn having a head coach, which is kind of crazy, um, crazy to think about. So we'll see what happens moving forward, but... I just want to make sure I'm not putting words in your mouth because I agree. Uh, I think we're both saying no matter what happens in Athens, he survives. And then is after what happens in Ole Miss. That's when it gets interesting. Is that what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that feels like the most likely scenario right now. Yep, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. All right, you mentioned Robbie looking good. Uh, I, I want to talk more about Robbie Ashford specifically in just a moment as Lindsey Crosby joins me on today's Locked on Auburn. These days, every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business or any type of employment, if you catch my drift. You want to be 100% sure that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the all the possibilities to help you find the right people for your team faster and even better for Free. You can add your job for free. Just go to linkedinjobs.com slash locked on college, add your job, and then 
Use the hashtag hiring frame to let people know that you are hiring and you can attach and use screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates. So go to LinkedIn Jobs to help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at the drugstore. It is the best locally owned pharmacy in the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area. The drugstore is located on North Dean Road. These are local folks. You walk in, you know their families. I went to school with these folks. Uh, They love you, they care for you, and they care about this community, Auburn grads, which you got to love that. Uh, But they also have flu, pneumonia, shingle, and tetanus vaccines available at walk-in at any time. They also offer delivery and shipping, which I think is really, really cool. And also, just for your convenience, a really awesome drive through as well. They also have BioLite and Liquid IVs available in store. So yeah, be sure to check out our friends at the drugstore on North Dean Road. Lindsey Crosby, our guest today. Robbie Ashford, look, just the eye test, I thought Robbie played a lot better in the second half. I think a lot of the play calling was pretty questionable, Lindsey. Pro Football Focus with their offensive grades. We wrote about this at AuburnDaily.com. He had the worst offensive grade per PFF, which you can take or leave what you like and what you dislike about Pro Football Focus. It's it's not 100% consistent. But what, what do you think about his performance? I, I think, Lindsay, the biggest positive takeaway from Saturday is you can have a future with Robbie Ashford at quarterback. Yes, Robbie Ashford can make things happen on the run. And the big thing for me, that's something that we ha- I feel like we haven't seen a lot, is he was able to extend plays but keep his eyes downfield and look for guys, uh, you know, make plays down the field, get chunks of yardage. Uh, I think yeah. not knowing the methodology, I think part of the grading for PFF being so low may be that he put the ball on the ground multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we lost any of his fumbles, but – You know, he put the ball on the ground multiple times, and that feels to me like something they probably ding you significantly for. Yeah. Um, From an offensive standpoint, you know, used his legs, got out of the pocket, had to do it a lot because of just pressure from the edge, from the tackles. But, uh, you know, flashed the arm downfield, was able to get the ball to playmakers in space. And, I mean, Coy Moore had, you know, had a big catch downfield. You saw Javarius Johnson early in the game with a long touchdown. Uh, a lot of what Auburn did successfully on offense felt like it was Robbie Ashford and the boys making stuff happen on a scramble drill yep. versus something that was called by the by the head coach or by the play caller. And so I am concerned that fans are going to see Saturday's game and say, you know, the offense isn't that bad. The offense is so close to being like, great. And it's like, well hang on, a lot of what we did wasn't designed to work like that. It just happened to work out and... That's my concern that I have. I think I think it was proof that the offense is a little bit closer than what we thought it was. You know, from Missouri yeah. to LSU, I mean, just drastic difference. Because they showed, Lindsay, that they can do it. They showed that this coaching staff can design things to get the, you know, Robbie in situations to succeed. And Javarius Johnson and Coy Moore giving them opportunities. And to me... I said this yesterday with Daryl, but like it almost makes it worse because it's like, okay, like you clearly drew that up. 
thinking that that was the best way to attack LSU and you just didn't have enough of it um, for that second punch in the second half. And it's like you had a chance to really knock them out and you weren't able to. And then, you know, with Anders missing that kick, like you really had a chance to kind of get some points, even more points early, and you you just weren't able to. And then it just seemed like the trust went away. Um, It it seemed like the the flow went away, and Auburn just never really got comfortable again. Or if they did, they would take two steps forward, and then something really bad would happen, like a muff punt or a fumble or, you know, the the Coy Moore where they asked him to pass the football. It just, it, it, it was really, really unfortunate, Lindsay. But when that happens, you know, eight times in a row in the second half when you play good teams, like, it's not, it's not like you're unlucky. It's not just unfortunate. Like, it's a trait of who you are. And that's a problem. That's a problem when you're, uh, when you're a year and a half into your tenure as a head coach. Yeah, there's, there's something going on with the team off the field that is affecting them being, being able to play all four quarters on Saturday. I don't know if... They're going too hard in practice all week. I don't know if, you know, they're not doing proper rest the night before. You know, I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is. You think it's conditioning? That, they're, that you, they're doing. You think it's conditioning related? We heard, heard a lot of talk about how Auburn was getting after it in the weight room, lifting heavy, uh, running. We see running stadiums, all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. I don't know if they're overdoing it. I don't know if it's, if it's timed the wrong time in the week. You know, are they practicing heavy? Like, I know... All teams, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's your main practice days during the week. Sure. But on Friday, how intense is that? Intense is that? Through, is it a full pads on practice? What are you doing there? And so that may have something to do with it. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think of things other than the second half we call different plays in the first half. What if? Because what, Auburn, like we. What if ahead. Brian Harson's telling the truth and it is just the E word? What if it is just execution? And the guys just can't execute consistently in the second half. What if he's telling the truth? Is there a chance of that? I would say if they're not able to execute the game plan in the second half, and it's happened for eight straight games now, why have you not changed the game plan to something they can execute? Yeah, I think you're right. It's a, I mean, I mean, it's 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 like you said, it's not a bad luck thing. This mm-hmm. is who they are. Right. Auburn is a team that cannot score a second half touchdown and have not over the last eight. Power five plus Houston games. Unreal. And so it's, I mean, it's, it's a mind blowing stat. I never thought I would hear. I mean, there's so many of these stats from this game, from this season, from this tenure that are wild to me. If I told you going into the season that an Auburn quarterback was going to throw for 337 yards in a game, Robbie Ashford would probably be either the third or the (laughs) fourth quarterback that you picked to do that. That's probably true. And he's the guy and then we lose the game. LSU threw what had five yards passing in the second half of the game Stupid. and won. I mean, it's 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 just the, the stats are mind blowing. And at this point, I don't know what else we can highlight to emphasize. It's a fundamental issue with this team, and I think it goes back to the coaching staff. I said the same thing I yesterday. To, I mean, Lindsay, I said the same thing. I was like, you know, four. Three of the four turnovers, it's just like, I, I don't know. They just didn't seem right to me. And obviously, you know, the the muff pun is unfortunate. The, you know, I said this yesterday before I saw the quote from the LSU defender <laughs> uh, where, like, when Coy Moore got the ball taken from him, 
uh, on the the pass from Robbie. I was like, dang, that was just a good play by the defender. But now that defender is saying, well, yeah, it was like the sixth time they've ran that play. So we recognize, and he made a play on the ball, and it's just like, well, that's not sixth great. Time in a row. Yeah, that's not a great. That's not a great situation. And once again, it's like as a coaching staff, are you putting the guys in situations to succeed? And when you hear stuff like that from the opposing team, you got to think not. Yeah, it's there's a difference in scoring in your first couple drives because the script that you had all week to work on to attack this team's weaknesses, that script worked. And so, I mean, we saw it in LSU. We saw it in the Penn State. We've seen it in plenty of games now. Auburn scores touchdowns early. Yeah. And then, one, the script runs out. And two, the defense has a chance to, to get together and adjust to what Auburn is doing. And from that point forward, we just can't make it happen. And Auburn will continue to try the same thing over and over and over. Like, I'm thinking about the Penn State game, just running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, trying the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. Same pass concept over and over and over, and it doesn't work. And changing your your play calls, your scheme, your approach to attack the defense, when you see over and over again, this has not worked in two quarters. What are you still doing trying this? It's frustrating. Yeah, it, it is frustrating. And once again, I, I hate it for the kids. I, I really do. All right, Lindsay, what can we expect from this team moving forward? We touch on that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Uh, when you look at this Auburn-Georgia opening line, Lindsay, Auburn is a 29-and-a-half-point dog. Not great. Not great. Ouch. And it's wild that you see a spread that high, like essentially 30, and the over-under is 48. It's just like, man, they are expecting... They are expecting uh, Georgia to score a lot and Auburn to score very, very little. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But what's your uh, just kind of opening line, gut reaction to that line? Um, I don't think you could make this line high enough for me to take Auburn. Yikes. Especially after like the way they struggled against Missouri. I just, I feel like they're not going to do that two weeks in a row, which is a shame which is an absolute shame. But, exactly. But hey, if you feel that way uh, strongly one way or the other, be sure to check out our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Lindsay, moving forward, I mean, what are the goals for this team? I still think it should be a huge goal for Auburn to make a bowl game. Losing the last two weeks makes that very tough moving forward. Western Kentucky certainly seems winnable. If you can find... If you can pull it together and just take one more step, one more step, I don't think you need drastic improvement. I think you can put up a fight against Arkansas and Texas A&M at home. Mississippi State certainly seems really good. The fact that you're playing them in Starkville, that seems unlikely. Ole Miss really, really impressed me this past week in their showing against Kentucky. I think they're better than I thought they were. And so it's just like, where where are these other wins coming from? And it's it's concerning when you look ahead. 
Yeah, Western Kentucky is one you absolutely have to win, obviously. And then, like you said, you've got to knock off somebody at home. And even then, I think that's five wins, right? And so even then, like, you're not necessarily guaranteed a bowl game. And you made the point last week, very important to get a bowl game for the practices so that you have that extra time, whether it's with a new coach evaluating the the roster, uh, these young players that you want to get more playing time for, very important to get those practices. And I, right now, I struggle to figure out where it's going to come from. At the same time, you have been so incredibly close in so many of these games and one score in the one touchdown in the second half. If you if you give each of Brian Harson's fo- football games, and I think you and Daryl made this point yesterday. Mm. If you give Brian Harson a touchdown in the back half of each one of his football games, his record looks drastically different in Auburn. And so that's the most frustrating part. Is you're this close. You're you're one touchdown and per game away from being significantly different. It doesn't change Penn State but it changes every other game this season. And I just, it feels like it should be easy to figure out. And for some reason they haven't done it yet. And I'm beginning, I'm beginning to wonder. I am, I am at the point where I just don't expect them to do it. I would love to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. The, the LSU loss was numbing. And I know there was a lot of emotion and a lot of anger, but it's just like, okay, we just got to wait now. And, And that's just a really crappy feeling. And I, and I guess it's a little bit different than 2012 because the conversation around Chiswick was like, can we fire Gene Chiswick? He just won a natty. Like, can we, can, can you do that? And then obviously you could, but I think Gus, that was there a little bit, but I didn't think, uh, I didn't think anybody was really expecting them to pull the trigger as quick as they did after that Mississippi state win. So this one's different because we're all just kind of in the same boat. And there, there's a few Auburn fans, actually a shocking amount of Auburn fans that are still like, how in the world can you blame this on Brian Harson? I'm like, I, I'd really like you to make that argument, but it's just, yeah, a, it's a crappy situation because we're all just kind of sitting here, like, okay, all right, what do you do? And you hate it for all these kids that came back, right? I mean, you, you hate it for the for the Derek Halls and John Samuel Shankers and the you know all the guys that transferred in. I mean, there's a ton of them. You know, the the Brandon Council who had a heck of a game at center, by the way. I thought he was really really good. Yeah. Um, but it, it just, it stinks. It, it really stinks. And, um, you, you hate it for those kids for sure. Yeah. Brandy council at center. Uh, turns out Akron was onto something who knew. Um, yeah. the hard thing here is there's no easy answers. I mean, it's like we talked about first part of the show. There's no simple solution to fix this. Uh, play calling has been an issue. Recruiting has been an issue. Uh, the problems are across the entire program. It's not just on the field results. And I think that people who make the argument that Brian Harson deserves a longer leash maybe don't understand some of those off the field things. You know, people talk about, well, he needs a couple of years to bring in his players. Well, we've we've done research and studies that your first recruiting class, is pretty much who you are as a recruiter yeah. going forward. Like there's no there's no real difference in that first full year class and your third and fourth and fifth year classes. That's right. pretty much who you are. And we know that that was a par. We know that the effort isn't there on recruiting. We know that something's going on with um, off the field conditioning and preparation because they're not able to make it work in the second half. We know that play calling's an issue. And it's just, I keep coming back to the same thing, but there's no proof of concept for anything that is improved 
under Brian Harson compared to Gus Malzahn. And I'm not saying Gus needed to stay. Gus needed to go. It was time to make the change. Sure. But I am now convinced that Brian Harson was not the right choice and is not metaphorically bringing anything to the table right now. I remember doing the show after Gus was fired. And one of the takeaways was like, yeah, it was time, like you said, but Gus left the football program better than he found it. Mm -hmm. We can't say that about Harson. And to me, that's telling. To me, that's telling. So we'll, we'll see what happens over... The next few weeks, I know a lot of folks wanted it to happen this past weekend. Um, that did not happen. But, yeah, we'll see what happens um, moving forward. Lindsey Crosby, how can people find you, hear you, support you, all that stuff? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked in MLB Prospects, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can find the Auburn writing at auburndaily.com and the merch at aushirts.com. And you can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com as well. Shout out to Jabari Smith for his incredible preseason performance last night. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.